Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Polly Podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. I hope everybody is good, first and foremost. I hope everyone's okay. Um, I'm going to try and keep this intro fairly short, but I do have a few things I want to say, first and foremost. I want to say a massive thank you to Stephen of Lost Alone, who this podcast is you're about to listen to, for coming on the podcast. I want to do a massive thank you to their PR team for sorting it out for me. Um, you can listen to Lost Alone's brand new album right now. It's out everywhere. Go and check it out. But also, it's their first record in eight years. And it's really, really great to have them back. We talk all about them coming back, about the new record, about them supporting My Comical Romance. We go in in this chat. So that is super exciting. I want to do a massive thank you to everyone who has downloaded listened to, watched, streamed the last two episodes, in particular, the Rob Kellis TPD episode. Um, I don't like to sort of single out individual episodes that people have, you know, because they all, I like to think that all these podcasts are all my children, in a sense. They're all my little individual projects, my babies, and I sort of give them to the world and say, and sometimes it feels like I'm shouting into the void. This episode went down Better than I could ever anticipate it. Genuinely. Um, On the back of this very podcast, I have had interest from sponsors. I have had interest from various other people within that kind of sphere without being too cryptic and saying, we'd like to do a podcast with you. We'd like to work with you. Um, The numbers, it's gone from just a podcast release on this platform to one of the most downloaded podcasts I've ever had, which is incredible. Um, but looking forward, we have this chat with Lost Alone, and then next week we've got a very, very big band coming on, and the week after that, again, more big bands, more conversations. Thank you so much for listening. If you are here watching this on YouTube, hello, and subscribe, be amazing, thank you. Uh, and if you are listening to this on your favorite po- podcasting platform, Give us a little follow on there and a five-star rating where you can. Thank you so much. On with my conversation I had with Stephen of the band Lost Alone. Peace. Hi guys, welcome to the Nevermind Polly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. And on this episode, which is 145, I am sat with frontman and guitarist Stephen of the band Lost Alone. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, man. How are you? I am good. It is Friday. Life is good. The sun is shining. How, how's things your end? Uh, it's the sunshine. I don't know. I'm in a, uh, a studio, so uh, I think the sun is shining. It, it was raining when I came today, which yeah. I, I, actually put, I actually really prefer winter. So I've been desperate to like be able to put a, a coat on. And yeah. uh, today, today I kind of went light windbreaker, so I'm almost getting to the the point of like big winter coat. So I, I like the fact it was raining today. So yeah, it's all good, man. I'm doing what I love. I'm sat writing songs with wicked people. So yeah, it's a, a really good Friday here. Amazing stuff, amazing stuff. I have to say, I'm I'm a I'm an autumnal guy. It's, it's generally my my season of choice when the when the leaves start falling and things. So it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to just firstly preface this uh, conversation with for anything else and say thank you for coming on because I'm a big fan of your band. I've been a fan of your band for a very long time. And if I could tell myself 
I don't want to make you feel older or anything like that. 10, 15 years <laughs> ago, from where we are now, that I'd be having this conversation. It's kind of like, okay, that's a weird set of events, but regardless. Oh, that's, so want- that's cool, man. That's, that's so nice. No, it, it's, it's amazing that um, it still blows my mind that people are like, are fans of, you know, it's like, it's weird. So yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. No, it's absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. So, Obviously, it's the first album in eight years, if I've got my research and everything correct. Yeah, I think I think it is. Yeah, that's uh, that feels weird to me, but I think because I <laughs> we made it in the pandemic, so it's mm. for me it was like six years, but it's coming out eight years later. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we sort of deep dive into that, I kind of wanted to start by because I think everybody has a story of how they got into where they into music and things. Because despite what people might want to tell you in, in the rock and metal scene, no one's first favorite band was Metallica. It just doesn't happen that way. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and I, I'm the first person to. I, I'm I'm like the anti that. Like my first gig was Share at the NEC. And, Amazing. Um, <laughs> like I mean, I was really young. I went with my parents, and then the second gig was Meatloaf at the NEC as well in Birmingham uh, like big gig like these weren't gigs that I went to these were like family like it was weird like family trips to go see massive American rock stars um so that was before I was like really into music if you know what I mean uh I then found my own way like I found bands but my my to answer the actual question I don't even know if you asked yet but I, I just jumped no, it's in fine. You're um, fine. <laughs> I, I I'm literally it's very simple with me from the age of 11, I was just obsessed with Queen. And that was, I like missed out on like a lot of movements that were happening because I was collecting a band that was already over. And mm. like, it was, you know, it, it was just like myself and Mark, our drummer, we met at uh, secondary school and he got into status quo and I got into Queen and that's mm. all we listened to. And we went to Amazing. record fairs together and um, saved up like paper round money to be able to buy it's just such a different time. It feels like so quaint now, but like, you know, now you can just click Spotify and hear anything. We were like having to, based on just the cover of the Queen record that we could afford, hope that we, we didn't know the order they came out. There was nowhere yeah. to just go, hey, what does, does Hot Space come be before Sheer Heart Attack? You just didn't know. Mm. Um, it was such a, when I think about it, it's such a weird thing. You didn't know the order because you couldn't just check the Wikipedia of what order their albums came out. So yeah, that that was that's the genesis of our band is uh, uh, myself and Mark getting into those two bands. That that's, that's such a great Queen is uh, such a I say this is such an odd band, but they're such a big hitter of a band. Like they've got obviously timeless songs which are bigger than music itself. Some people would argue. So I kind of like a big tidbit. I want to ask for someone who hasn't not so much me, but like a fan of say who love Queen for all their hits. Is there in a particular studio album that people might want to listen to that they don't know? Like, because obviously everyone knows uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Everyone knows the massive hits. Is there any albums that you think would be like, check this one out, this particular studio album by Queen? Yeah. My all time favorite album tattooed on me is Queen 2. And it's the Amazing. second Queen album. Um, but I would say, because that's quite a lot to take. I would say mm. if people really have only ever heard the hits, they yeah. will be absolutely like stunned to hear that yeah. album what? because it is it's a prog metal like mm. it's about like Tolkien and like it is mm. insane record uh, and then I'd say also like the, the, the album after that Sheer Heart Attack where you hit and it's in the same year that's that's the difference back then Queen 2 Sheer Heart Attack both released in 1974 
and the first one in March is like a prog, just ridiculous situation. Then sheer heart attack. Suddenly they've honed and killer queens on it, and you suddenly start like it's still out there, but they've started like understanding how to write songs that maybe communicate more to get them where they wanted to be. I guess. Um, but yeah, Queen Two. If you've only ever heard Queen hits, Queen Two will just make you go. I just did not understand. That's where they came from. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, such a, such an interesting band, Queen. Once you sort of go past the the absolute iconic tunes they have in their back catalogue. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's that's awesome. I, I love that. That's and to be fair, I think obviously musicians take inspiration from things they listen to and obviously things they like. There's a lot of Queen in Lost Alone, so that makes a lot of sense. To to be honest, yeah, yeah. Uh, based on the sound. Um, so the album, the the raw, let me get it right, the war, Warring Twenties. I've, yeah, r- yeah. I've r- written down. It's easy, but for my some of my brain just doesn't want to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so you, obviously you're writing it during the pandemic sort of times, basically. Um, how how was that experience writing an album, and what made you want to come back to to writing music again? Well, effectively, uh, I, I tried be concise on this because I have a tendency to ramble a lot but effectively what happened was uh, I've been writing songs with other people like other artists you know for other people and with with other people and make made a couple of solo records um, and just before the pandemic uh, I'd been on a cruise to New York that I won um, and I was in this really weird space where it happened to me a lot when I was flying when I was going to Nashville a lot writing country stuff whenever I was up in the sky everything suddenly felt possible. Like, it was just like kind of magical. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll definitely get the band back together. We'll do this and I'm going to do this. And write it all down. As soon as I landed, it'd be like, well, that's, that's not happening. That's not real. But on this cruise ship, it was like a more extreme version of flying because it was seven days, seven nights on the Atlantic. No internet, anything. And I had like, I was like the youngest person on it because everybody else on it was like, it's like the QM2. So it's like an old school ship. Mm-hmm. And everybody else on it was like old people, all ace, but at night, they wouldn't go out on the top deck because it was November and it was cold. So I just had the whole top deck. Anyway, it was up there that like I started like hearing Lost Alone stuff again. And, and I was like, it's actually happening. And when I got to New York, I messaged back to England to Alan and Mark and so we're doing it. And what was really cool was, so this is pre-pandemic. It wasn't like we're in the pandemic, let's make it. I know a lot of bands and a lot of friends of mine got their bands back together in the pandemic because mm-hmm. there's something to do. Ours was uh, before we knew what that even was. And then literally when I got back to the UK a couple of weeks later, we uh, Ray and Gerard from my chemist asked me to support them at their stadium shows solo. Uh, and I went, well, actually, uh, how about Lost Alone do it? And they were dead excited because they're fans. Um, and then the idea was to do one song because at that point the shows were like four months away. We were like, cool, let's get one of these songs done. And then the pandemic happened and it was like, well, I'm locked out in London where I'd just moved in an yeah. apartment. I've got asthma, so I couldn't go anywhere. I was like, we're making a record. And, and then it was like a year, you know, a year became two years, effectively. We all ended up basically around those shows um, because we thought it'd be a really cool way to come back, um, have an album ready, and now we're playing stadiums. And, yeah. you know, da-da, like rather than... Um, you know, rather than just like, oh, hey, here's some new music, we thought do it all at once. So, so we held off telling people that we'd actually been a band for two years before we announced that we were kind of back. 
and that's that's the thing. There there is there is a definite. Um, I think I've read before uh, when we're doing this research and stuff for you guys and things that you said there's like a special connection between you guys and, and the My Chemical Romance camp. How did that kind of come to be? Because it's it's obviously you guys based in the in the UK and they're, them in America. Obviously, you know things happen, but it's 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 a strange one, but really really cool at the same time. Yeah, I was, I was literally talking about this. Uh last night uh, about the exact thing and how special it is um effectively when we made our first record our we we played like one show uh, i think called taste of chaos yeah uh, it was like a fest a touring festival and uh a band called taking back sunday were headlining i love taking back sunday yeah 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 great bands great guys and they their guitar tech took a CD of ours and their front of house took a CD. And we were just, you know, because at that when you're a young band like that, we would just get anyone want our music, take it. Wonder if we can get a gig, you know. But little did I know that the front of house became Param went straight away became Paramore's front of house. And the guitar tech became uh, like part of the management for my chem directly after those shows. And they gave that CD to both those bands. And that's why we ended up instantly doing tours with Paramore. And that's why I got a message saying Gerard's like obsessed with this album. Can you come to Nottingham Arena to meet up? And that's how it started, really. But the, the, the thing I would say was quite magical about it all was that I remember hearing the song Helena, which mm. would have been around that same time. And I, I said to Brendan, I was like, I just feel like such a connection with that band. And it's just so weird to me that they were feeling the same thing without me knowing. Mm. Um, over in New Jersey, and like we never met, but there was something, and since we've chatted about it, like maybe it's we had very similar influences and the way we like to do it. But um, yeah, it was just a lovely thing where we just played with them, became friends. And it, it, I've got loads of friends from touring, but most of them are kind of like where you go, oh, hey, how's it going? And stuff. Whereas <laughs> with these guys, it's been like a constant, you know, we're just friends and we message and we talk and we laugh about things. And, and then they very kindly, you know, asked me to go and play stadiums with them. So, um, yeah, it's just been a really, really lovely situation, actually. And, and the fact it was very organic, it wasn't like anybody introduced us. It was like we found each other's music. Because um, mm. when I heard Helena, like, Mike M would not like a, what they became like about a year later. It was still like, yeah. it was on like Scuzz or MTV2 when that was still an ace thing. Like, um, yeah. you could put that on and just have loads of ace music. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's just such a lovely thing, and then we just became friends and and kept kept friends, you know. I love I love that, and it's it's really humbling to hear that one of my favorite bands of all time are just the most lovely guys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they love, totally love are. Guys. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's all. Awesome. Absolutely wicked guys, all of them. So I'd like I'd like to ask. Obviously, you doing the the massive tour, obviously the stadium tour and stuff. Was that the most nervous you've been before on hitting a stage? I will tell you, honestly, mm. it was the least nervous I've ever been. Oh, well, was okay. The, I, and I wouldn't have expected that. Like I, mm. I, on all Lost Alone shows we've ever done, I'm the guy pacing backstage, whether it's a small one or a big one. I'm always like, if it's our own headline show, I'm badgering our tour manager going, is it full? Even though we know we've sold tickets, you know, yeah. you're still like, are people here? At that show, I felt the most at home I've ever felt in my life. It felt so mm. natural to... I was I was nervous before it, like as in the lead up. I was like, God, I'm playing stadiums, that's a bit weird. But actually 
once we were there at the vibe because it's such a they have such a great kind of all their crew and everyone are ace the whole mm. thing was cool and in a weird way covid we had loads of covid restrictions backstage and it kind of made it uh better in the there was no hang no people around it was the bands and crew and then yeah. it was like you just had a stadium and then there was the audience there wasn't and i find that nerves are often made by other people like being excited for you so yeah. we were just like just the bands and then it was like cool just gonna cool i'm just gonna play on a stadium stage now catch you in a bit <laughs> you know, like um but yeah no it, it, it's the most relaxed i've ever felt i i felt that we belonged on those stages our band did and that i felt obviously because of my diet of queen i've seen freddie mercury and how he controls those crowds but i think also just the amount of touring i just felt like i was made to be i i i knew what to do to get that crowd like in the vibe and like get them on side people who hadn't heard of us and stuff and it just felt really natural to me like the most natural gigs i think i've ever done for sure and that's the thing when the um the poster for that got announced obviously public and everything it was kind of like my initial excitement was oh my god my chromos are back fucking out and then yeah. it was the case of looking down the supports and i was like placebo yes that so yeah. i went to the the milton Keynes date but i went to the one on the 22nd or 21st oh so not, was, not the night we were there yeah. exactly yeah. and it was only because it was the sunday rather than like the friday night and it was just like yeah, oh, that's yeah. Great. and then the date, i was like oh that's i'm so happy for them but oh, i really want to go to that date but i ended up going to that we, 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 we had that so much because also <laughs> the way my cam released the poster it looked like we were just on all the shows, including like Manchester yeah. and Glasgow. So we had people in the, I saw people in the comments. I was like, oh. I saw them going, see you in Glasgow. And I'm thinking, yeah. no, you won't. <laughs> like, oh no. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's such a cool thing to be around. Like really, really, um, such a cool way to come back, definitely. Absolutely. And how, how have the fans taken, uh, especially on, on your side of the coin, at least, um, the, the reaction to the, to the singles and stuff? Because I've seen what I've seen, but obviously you're, you're in the band, so you'll see it more than I will. So. Yeah, well, unless you're about to tell me you've seen loads of people being horrible. <laughs> no, 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 of course. No, no, no absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's been it's been ace, man. Like, it, it's, it's literally been... Because I think what the, t the real key thing about you know, coming back is I didn't want anyone to hear a song and go, oh, they were, they were way better before or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. So, so that was like a real key thing for us before we agreed to do anything as well. It was about, have we, you know, am I, because I put off writing Lost Lone songs while being, like my solo stuff, but when I, the barometer was sending like finished demos to Alan and Mark and I know what their reaction is. They'll always be like, they've never said a song ever, it's bad. But what they do is when there's one they really think is up there, they're like, this one and I and I yeah. sent them a song called Punchline Punch Back and The Last Drop of Forever that I wrote on the, the cruise ship. And they were they were like, oh yeah, it, it's back. It, we're back. <laughs> so it was cool. So yeah, so the reaction like online, um, all I've seen is like, you know, this is the best Lost Alone song ever, or that's the best chorus, you know, this is the best chorus Stephen Battelle's ever written. You know, like the statements <laughs> and things. I'm like, well, I don't know if it is actually, but no, it's it's all been like uh, lovely, um, just dead positive. It, that's we when when we got back together, we said it has to be fun. Take the music very seriously, but we have to it has to be fun. Uh, everything else and what's been lovely is though the kind of warmth that I've felt from fans who've been there for a long time and then new people because really fun like being a band like we are and having people. 
we got loads of new people who are now what I'd call like hardcore, like who are on everything and buying everything, who only just got into us like three months ago. And yeah. I love that um, because I've not felt that experience for a while because you kind of build your fan base and then you, you don't you don't feel every, whereas now I like really feel like I can tell there's a lot of new people who maybe don't know certain, they just don't know that like a track off the first album is like a big fan favourite because they're coming into it from the newest songs, you know. For sure. And, and that's the thing I've seen as well is like there's been a lot of like people being very welcoming um, in terms of your fans. It's because you get certain, some things. Um, I, I'll use the Metallica Stranger Things example that obviously that got ma- oh, Metallica yeah, yeah. massive anyway. But, you know, there was a lot of gatekeeping fans. Oh, you weren't there back in the day. Oh, man, yeah. I've not, I've know, not seen any of that with you. No, I've, I've awesome. got actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. I've I, I've some good Metallica, some good friends who are Metallica fans who I've had to say to them. Listen, like wind it in. Like it's yeah. so cool that like thirteen year olds are getting into Metallica that definitely wouldn't have. Like exactly. enjoy yeah. that. It's they're, they're not boasting that they've discovered a new genre of music. They just you know they've had their eyes open to like something ace. So yeah, I I find there's a couple of like um, fan community pages and stuff for Lost Alone, and from what I've seen, they've just been like actively like targeting new fans and going, hey. Ace that you like Lost Alone, come in, you know, and it's yeah. more like that. Um, and I think we've got like a weird thing where, because of the way our albums came out, like we had like, a, there was a delay of our second album, and it really changed things. We were, we were quite big over in Europe, and it changed to more like UK, America. And there's a weird kind of like, I always think of our fans as like in kind of threefold as well, actually, where there's people who got us in the first album, but then there's people who think they're like, and rightly so, but they think they're like old school fans who got us into us on the second album. Who, yeah. who, and it is, so there's this kind of hierarchy, but no, not in any kind of nasty way. It's all yeah. like kind of, you know, there's a couple of people who know more about the band than I do. And like, I actually ask them for information on certain Lost Alone things when I need it. Like a couple of, <laughs> a guy out in Berlin, he's just like, he is like encyclopedia on, on, on Lost Alone. I love that. I love that. And, and that's the thing as well. Like, obviously, I, I think and this is just a personal opinion. I, I don't expect anyone to, to agree or anything like that. But there's a particular period in time. Uh, so we're talking sort of mid 2000, so mid to like 2012 to about 18. I think rock music itself was in a bit of a patchy place. I'll use the word patchy in quotation marks. And, and obviously, Lost of Wearing weren't sort of active at that time. But yeah. there was a time before that, which I'd call in, because again, I'm 29, so I would call that like the glory years because it's my kind of growing yeah, up. Yeah. Um, but I think recently there's been a real resurgence of just really good rock music. Uh, yeah, and I agree with that, yeah. And I see people coming to your band and bands like um, Creeper that came up very recently in like mid, uh, 2018, 19, fucking amazing, and all those kind of bands. And it's like, yeah, that's it's awesome that rock music is a credible because although we don't like to say, Oh, we're, we're different with the alternative to the mainstream getting some kind of recognition is nice. And, you know, lost alone have have had that in the past as well, but um, it's a case of, yeah, rock music is kind of credible and cool, which is always has been, but like people on TikTok, for example, getting ghost into the top 100 in America. is like, yeah, yeah. Fucking wicked, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, because like my kind of day job is songwriting. Mm-hmm. I've really seen that firsthand with um, 
some of the people I've worked with who a few years ago don't touch a guitar, don't like you know, mm-hmm. literally, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, and, and just for me as well, because like pop people want me a little bit more because mm-hmm. they want, oh, that guy's like, he can write in all genres, but he's from rock. So, hey, mm-hmm. can you, hey, can you play guitar? You know, it's kind of, yeah. kind of crazy. So you can really feel it on the actual writing front that people, the younger, I'm like, talking like 20 year olds there, they want, they suddenly want guitar and, and more interesting things other than just, because, They've grown up where it's all in the box, where they mm-hmm. they got a they got a, a MacBook with GarageBand in and became mm-hmm. very good at it. Very, uh, you know, which is ace. I wish I'd like I had to learn to use like Logic and stuff late later on. Whereas to them, it's actually like oh, it's with my computer, you know. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, it's quite interesting. But um, the record I'm working on now, though, here I'm with the guys in the band that fly. This is their place, and we're just I making think- like a wicked record. That's super yeah. talented guys, and uh, and it's really guitar-y and really rock. Like it's Wait, it's really so, good. So let me. You're working with McFly, is that right? Have I just yeah, heard yeah. them? Oh, amazing! Yeah, that's where, okay, that's, cool. That's, that's where I am. Oh, right, I've amazing. been I've, I've been here for about sixteen months. Like, okay, I worked out the other day, like May twenty twenty one. I started uh, oh, working amazing. with them. And they're, they're like some of the best songwriters I've met, and mm. uh, they're just making a wicked record. So. Um, it's the studio where we write and it's recorded here as well. Oh, amazing. Well, that, that's incredible. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. really cool, man. It's, it's really, really great album. It's really great. Awesome, awesome stuff. Um, so I have a couple of final questions, purely because we're, we're busy people and you've got an album to make with McFly. Exactly. So that's, <laughs> um, the, the first of which is kind of what's Head for Lost Alone? Obviously, we've got the headline tour, which is in December, which is playing yep. dates in London, Bristol, Manchester, Glasgow, Leeds, and then a hometown show in Derby, which is Correct. greatly exciting. Um, how do you feel? Do you, is there a sense of hometown pride? Because I'm from Norwich and I'm massively proud of coming from Norwich. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've been to Derby. Derby's a lovely little, a lovely little, is it a city or a town? I can remember. It's a, it's a city. It's city, a city, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> so how, how are you, exactly. Uh, are you excited for touring things then? Yeah, I'm um, uh, in front of the fans. Yeah, I'm really excited. The, the, for the when we just did the Mike Kemp shows, the first so we had like not done a gig and then played a stadium. We played like a, a really small show in Derby like the night before we went and that was fantastic and yeah I, I am really proud of my hometown and um, because the whole time we were in the band originally we lived in Derby and it's mm. kind of weird to me now because I now live in London yeah. uh, I go back to Derby once a month two weeks the three of us were in three different places Carlisle, mm. Derby and London so we meet in Derby to do the band um, so yeah like uh, it, when Lost was around like the, the first age of the band as we'll call it we would always end the year the way we're ending this year, which was we would always play a Christmas show in our hometown. And that would be the way we ended our year. So the hometown Derby Lost Alone Christmas show was like an event that happened every year. And uh, people would travel from all over Europe and stuff because they want to be at that gig. It was always great. So that feels like there's such a special way to like end this kind of year where we came back for sure. Amazing stuff. Uh, and I ask every uh, person who's been gracious enough to give me their time on this podcast uh, the same question. And you can take it as both being in a band and obviously as a solo musician as well. And that is what is the best thing about being in a band slash playing music, in your opinion? Um, for me, it's about creating. Like, I think it's like a, to answer your question, the one thing, mine's three things. It's, 
it's literally the process I'm doing right now and like here and with my own band. It's the fact that you can create something in your head and then you can be in Berlin and a crowd of people sing it back to you. It blows my mind still. It never get it never gets boring. Um, so it's the, and it's the camaraderie of like the little gang getting in the back of that bus and going and knowing that like you have fun and then there's like a kind of two hour period in the evening where everyone then gets very focused, including your crew, you know, because you're friends with your crew. Everyone does their jobs the best they can, and then you come back and then you all reflect and then you go off again. It's just the it's the greatest thing. Like I I, I just feel really lucky to be able to do it as what I do, you know. Amazing. I, I, hope, that answer, I hope that answered that. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, it's kind of, it's very, I like that as a very personal question to whoever I'm speaking to. Uh, and I had one, particular, I mean, Ash wrote mine because he's a friend. I had a, a guy in a death metal band. He literally just went, nothing. <laughs> that was his answer. <laughs> and it was kind of That's just brilliant. like, how on brand. So that was, that was That's so like. perfect. I love that. That's so perfect. Man. <laughs> he he didn't give me a better answer than nothing. Like, no, but you know what, though? <laughs> the, the thing is, though, I do, I do get where he's coming from, actually. Because yeah, the, yeah. Like the answer I give is like the, the true answer. That's what I mean. Mm. But also like there's another context of like, what's the best thing about being a band? And it, in terms of like, you can have perceived success and make nothing from it. And yeah. you can tour and make nothing. You, you can see money go past you. Then it can become, what's the best thing? Nothing. It, it actually can be that. <laughs> yeah. I prefer to look on the, the fact you can create something and then get out there and people like it and know it mm. is a fantastic situation. Absolutely. I'm going to leave the podcast open-ended for you to say anything you'd like to the fans listening at home, to anyone who might not know Lost Alone, uh, just some parting words, I guess. Yeah, I'd just like to say, uh, well, hi to anyone on your podcast that doesn't know my band. Um, I never know how to describe our band other than like, um, I like Queen. I like Queen and I like riffs. So that's how I describe our band. But um yeah, uh, to, to, yeah, so to new people, I'd just say, like, um, it's all about the music for me. Um, mm -hmm. That's the message I'd give, like, as well to anybody, like, keep the music as a focus, because that's why we do it. And to people who already know my band and love it, I'd just say thanks so much for, like, welcoming, welcoming us back and for supporting us all this time. You know, I felt like even while I've been doing solo records and writing for the people and being away, um, our fans have actually, like, not, they never, it was still an interaction constantly. Like on, so, you know, no one ever, like, went away. It was still always there. So that's something to be really grateful for. And I, I'm, like, thankful to them for that. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Stephen, thank you for your time. Uh, the you. album, The Roaring Twenties, is out as this comes out now everywhere, if I've done my podcasting bit correctly <laughs> uh, and put it on time. Um, I'm yet to listen to the record. I've not, I've not been sent it, unfortunately, just yet. So oh, I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm as excited as everybody else, but I think it's kind of like Christmas with this job. Sometimes you get given things early and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing, but I'd prefer it on Christmas Day, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I'll, yeah. be I'll be listening along with everybody else. So, um, well, I no, hope you like it, man. Yeah, I hope you no. enjoy, like you enjoyed the last stuff. So, yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. If there's anything like the singles have been, it's going to be great, I'm sure. And thank to, you. To, to, to sum up, how I said to my to my other half uh, earlier today, she said, "I've, I've not have heard the name Rosalind. What do they sound like?" And I was like, "Good old rollicking rock and roll." Simple yeah, as. That's, that's a better description than mine. Actually, so yeah, <laughs> lovely stuff um you keep yourself safe and hopefully i'll catch you at the london show and if thank i do you. i'll be buying you a beverage of your choice as a thank you and i say amazing it's person i have on 
because it's uh, time is precious. And and thank you so much for yours. I really, no, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, and see you in London. Yeah. Yes, mates. All the best. Peace out, Wicked. everybody. Bye. Bye. There we have it, guys. My conversation with Stephen of the band Lost Alone. What a dude. What a dude. And he's recording an album at the moment with McFly. Incredible scenes. Incredible scenes. Thank you, everyone, for listening to and watching. If you are watching this on YouTube, remember to give it a like and leave a subscribe. If you're listening to this on your audio platforms, please do check out all of our previous other podcasts. Um, yeah, fantastic. If you're into the kind of the rock slash emo kind of stuff, we've had Darren from Funeral for a Friend on, I think you might enjoy, um, among loads of other guests. So go and check them out in the back catalogue. Until then, we will see you next time. Ta-ta, peace, love, all the best. Yeah.